And good morning, everyone, and welcome to Small Biz Matters, the half-hour program where you work on your business rather than in it. My name is Alexi Boyd, your trusted lover of all things small business, advocate, uh, wise woman in all things bookkeeping and admin, and a general friend to small business. Today is going to be another fantastic show. We're in the middle of a bit of a guest fest at the moment with Small Biz, and it's very exciting to be welcoming Matt Koopmans from Aurelian Group. Thanks for joining us today, Matt. Thank you for having me. Now, I'm going to get straight into it today because I've got a feeling we're going to have a lot to talk about between your expertise with the implementation of software and my expertise with admin. I am, as everyone knows, very passionate about uh, bringing people into the 21st century when it comes to software development and things that you can do. But it's a bit of a chicken before the egg thing, isn't it? Because in a way, we get very excited about apps and how we can put them, implement them in our business. And as business owners, the buck stops with us. We're the ones making the decision and making the decision based on what we think is good research or good testimonials. But we can often make the wrong decisions and waste probably what becomes a lot of time, not only for us, but for our staff as well, by choosing the wrong thing. And sometimes it's not even about the cost of the software itself. Often these things are are free. It's about your time and the data that you're putting into it and the research and I guess a little bit of your reputation as well, because you're throwing something in the deep end with your staff and your clients and you need to look like you you, you know what you're doing. Um, Do you see that a lot? Tell me a little bit about your journey and why it is that you've come to where you are to be the the software expert, like the implementation expert, Matt. Yeah, thank you. Um, The the key challenge that there is with apps is people buy apps and what you're actually purchasing is an ability to do something for your customers or something for your personnel or something to do with your suppliers. Mm. So when you're actually purchasing for an app, you're not purchasing for an app. And I always compare it to buying a car. Um, You can buy a car because you want a particular brand because someone thinks that's a great brand. But actually what you want to do is you want to either move people or goods from a safe in a safe and comfortable way from point A to point B. So if you're a a tradesman and you have a lot of things you need to move in your car, you buy something with more space, a ute or or something. But if you have a large family, you buy a different type of car. So you're actually not purchasing the car, you're purchasing the possibilities it brings. And with apps, it's the same thing. when you buy a customer relationship management application or CRM, mm. um, what you're actually buying is something that allows you to store the things that are relevant to you and your customers to serve them better. You're not buying the app. And um, we see that mistake mostly made in the accounting. Um, you buy an accounting application because your accountant says you need to buy an accounting package. I need to do the job. You need to do uh, your taxes and you got to do the taxes. Um, but actually, thinking around how that actually enables your business doesn't come into that equation. Um, and, and, and the journey will be a lot better for your customers if you map out, okay, what is my customer going to do from beginning to end? Um, and how do those, those apps then support that, each individual app, and then how, then how do they work together? Um, and I've seen that in very large organizations um, as well as the, the, the entrepreneurs. It's actually the same question. Sure, there are less people involved when you're working um, in, in the, the local the local gardener, it's you and, and, and maybe a contractor or someone that works with you versus a large corporation that everybody knows about. But the question is actually still the same, is how does the customer data flow from one app to the next 
and and how does it support it versus I need an app for this, an app for that, and then don't think about, okay, how does the data actually flow from one point to the next? Do you think it's more that people don't really know what the journey is that either their customer or themselves are going on? Is that part of the problem is because the process isn't there written down in black and white to begin with? So they don't quite know where these pieces of the puzzle are helping their journey at all? Is that, do you think that's mainly the problem? I, I think, well, obviously, if you're running a small business, you kind of know how you want to serve your customer. Um, but what often is forgotten is how to translate that into the backend process. Right. So we all have a few, oh, this is what we're going to do for our customers. We're going to have a storefront here or a web shop, or I'm just going to pass flyers uh, locally to get the work in. And once it gets in, I'll just make a quotation, etc. So people will know how to deal with their customers. But what we see is a little um, um, a short shortchanged on, on how to actually handle the customer data and make that run fluently. Um, and, and, and from a customer experience, um, it doesn't matter if you deal with a large company or with a small company. What you expect as a customer is once you interact with a vendor, with a, with a business, is that they tend to start to know you, they start building a profile. Um, and, and I think we all know the frustration when you call a, a, a support line. And uh, you need to explain who you are, what your problem is, etc. And you can transfer it to the next person. Yeah. And they have no idea because you need to say everything again. Now, that same can occur when you actually deal with, as a small business. And you are a small business, so the people actually deal only with you. And you don't have all that data ready. You don't mm. know how to, to when act was, on that particular question. Like, when was the last time we talked? What did we talk about? When was the last? next time we're going to be communicating? Exactly. It's a great example of how CRMs can fit in quite nicely into that. Speaking of CRMs, because this is this is definitely one of your fortes, take me through uh, just briefly what a, a really good CRM should look like, regardless of what the industry is that people are in. Because I think we can broadly say that the customer journey for small business is is pretty much the same. You engage, you, you might need to chase them up a little bit, follow up, then you've got the um, you know, the, the actual starting the process of doing a job, the quotation, the acceptance of the quotation, and you start the work and then you follow up later on. Okay, so it's broadly that's what it is. What should you expect from a good CRSM system, a really basic one, to support you? Um, so first, we need to make a distinction between CRM as the application mm -hmm. and CRM, customer relationship management, as your kind of your strategy. How do you interact with your customers? Because if you've laid out how you want to interact with your customers, it kind of determines how you want to set up your CRM. So I'll give you an example. Mm. Um, if I want to differentiate myself by really understanding my customers better than anybody else, actually I know my customers' problems before my customer knows it. Um, give me an example of a gardener, right? Um, if you're a gardener and you have a, a pool of customers and you actually track the soil in the gardens, what do they have, etc. You can actually go there and, and explain to your customer before something is something for your personnel or something to do with your suppliers. Mm. So when you're actually purchasing for an app, you're not purchasing for an app. And I always compare it to buying a car. Um, you can buy a car because you want a particular brand because someone thinks that's a great brand. But actually what you want to do is you want to either move people or goods from a safe in a safe and comfortable way from point A to point B. So if you're a, a tradesman and you have a lot of things you need to move in your car, you buy something with more space, like a ute or, or something. But if you have a large family, you buy a different type of car. So you're actually not purchasing the car, you're purchasing the possibilities it brings. And with apps, it's the same thing. 
Um, when you buy a customer relationship management application or CRM, mm. um, what you're actually buying is something that allows you to store the things that are relevant to you and your customers to serve them better. You're not buying the app. And uh, we see that mistake mostly made in the accounting. Um, you buy an accounting application because your accountant says you need to buy an accounting package. I need to do the job. You need to do uh, your taxes and you got to do the taxes. Um, but actually thinking around how that actually enables your business doesn't come into that equation. Um, and, and, and the journey will be a lot better for your customers if you map out, okay, what is my customer going to do from beginning to end? Um, and how do those, those apps then support that? Each individual app, and then how, then how do they work together? Um, and I've seen that in very large organizations, um, as well as the, the, the entrepreneurs. It's actually the same question. Sure, there are less people involved when you're working um, in, in the, the local the local gardener. It's you and, and, and maybe a contractor or someone that works with you versus a large corporation that everybody knows about. But the question is actually still the same, is how does the customer data flow from one app to the next and, and how does it support it versus I need an app for this, an app for that, and then don't think about, okay, how does the data actually flow from one point to the next? Do you think it's more that people don't really know what the journey is that either their customer or themselves are going on? Is that part of the problem is because the process isn't there written down in black and white to begin with? So they don't quite know where these pieces of the puzzle are helping their journey at all? Is that, do you think that's mainly the problem? I, I think, well... Obviously, if you're running a small business, you kind of know how you want to serve your customer. Um, but what often is forgotten is how to translate that into the back-end process. Right. So we all have a few, oh, this is what we're going to do for our customers. We're going to have a storefront here or a web shop or I'm just going to pass flyers uh, locally to get the work in. And once it gets in, I'll just make a quotation, etc. So people will know how to deal with their customers. But... What we see is a little um, um, a short, short change on, on how to actually handle the customer data and make that run fluently. Um, and, and, and from a customer experience, um, it doesn't matter if you deal with a large company or with a small company. What you expect as a customer is once you interact with a vendor, with a, with a business, is that they tend to start to know you. They start building a profile. Um, and, and I think we all know the frustration when you call a, a, a support line and uh, you need to explain who you are, what your problem is, etc. And you can transfer it to the next person. Yeah. And they have no idea because you need to say everything again. Now, that same can occur when you actually deal with, as a small business and you are a small business. So the people actually deal only with you and you don't have all that data ready. You don't mm. know how to, to when act was, on that particular question. Like when was the last time we talked? What did we talk about? When was the last next time we're going to be communicating? Exactly. It's a great example of how CRMs can fit in quite nicely into that. Speaking of CRMs, because this is, this is definitely one of your fortes, take me through uh, just briefly what a, a really good CRM should look like, regardless of what the industry is that people are in, because I think we can... I'm just a nobody, but if you deal with the same person you know on first name basis, you kind of expect your 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 vendor your your supplier to know who you are what your situation is yes exactly um, to be able to pick up the phone and have that immediate conversation with them about correct pick up from last time correct and the the, the challenge on our side as a small business is well yes but you know we serve a lot of customers right? mm. we have very little time and we go everywhere so the question is are is your app strategy helping you with this 
or or not because just having the data doesn't work. The app is not your asset, it's the data flow is the asset of your business. So really what you're saying is you need to make sure that, that whatever CRM, for example, if you, we're using that as an example now, we need to make sure that the flow through comes from any any piece of software, emails, uh, invoicing, anything that you have client facing has to flow through to that piece of information, almost like a timestamp. So mm -hmm. I'm trying to visualise uh, the process here where you've got, okay, an email comes in, you have an email conversation, that should be included in the CRM. Um, the invoice that you, they paid, was there any discounts on there? How, was, how fast were they paying? That should be part of the CRM as well. So that's what should flow through? So, yeah, CRM, Customer Relationship Management, is actually the, 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 the combination of all information relevant to maximize that relationship between you and your customer. And a good relationship between you and your customer is your customer is happy to use your service because you add value and you translate that value in a profit margin. Mm. Um, so it's also about profitability of your customers. And what helps is actually mapping out that customer journey. Um, not from the moment they become your customers, but actually from before that. And then not stopping after you've delivered the service or, or the goods, but after that, like what are the repeat orders, what is the support you give, etc. Mm. How did um, you get feedback, as you said, was so important? How do you get feedback? How do you record feedback? And how do you use that to improve? And mapping out such a journey, it doesn't all have to be with apps. Um, there's an app for everything, but you don't need to do everything with an app. Mm -hmm. um, so, for instance, if you're dealing locally as a tradesman or the example of the gardener I made before, uh, maybe it is much more effective if you do a flyer campaign. You just go door to door and put flyers in, in the mailbox. Uh, you don't need an app for that. You just need a flyer and, and a you good need printer. mailboxes yeah. and a good printer, <laughs> right? But then it goes, okay, so email campaigns may not be so useful because you don't have the email addresses yet right. as a tradesperson or a gardener. Um, do you do social campaigning, posting on Facebook, posting on LinkedIn? Well, maybe you get something out of it, maybe not. It's not the answer to, to getting all the customers. I have to do everything on digital. Um, the old ways of, of flyers, of meeting people, exchanging business cards are actually still the best. And the rest is supportive. Don't you and I know it. Correct. That's absolutely right. Um, but once you actually start putting in flyers, you can go like, okay, I've put in the flyers, now I'll wait for the phone to ring. Right. Okay. Um, but where did you put the flyers in? And what is the attribute that you already know? So you may not know the names of the people where you've put the flyers in the mailbox, but you certainly have their address. And, and you know that they've got big gardens, and that's why you targeted them, for instance. Correct. Yeah. So, so you, you have the address. Mm -hmm. It is maybe in a certain street or a certain area. So the address becomes the primary uh, thing you actually already record in your system. Like, hey, I've got done the flyer here. And then you can actually see the return. Like, hey, I've done the flyers at this date. This is how many clients I've had. Then you can match those clients' names and email addresses with the address that you already had with your flies. And so you build a customer profile. Um, and once you have the customer profile, now some of them you're asked to make a quote. So for instance, you go to that, and let's say again, the gardener, you go there, you talk to the people, you say, okay, let me look through your garden, you make some notes, take some photographs. You attach those photographs maybe to the quote that you sent via an email. Exactly. So all that customer relationship facing stuff that you do with them is what you want to feed back into it. I like what you were saying there in relation to it being quite linear because I think a lot of people when they think of implementing some sort of a CRM, they get a bit overwhelmed. They think, mm -hmm. well, 
do I have to trawl through all my emails and start typing out anybody I've ever had any contact with? It's kind of like the person who has 10,000 open emails, unread emails in their inbox. It's really quite overwhelming. But it doesn't have to be that complex. You can just say, draw a line in the sand and say, okay... I might have been trading for five years. I might know X number of people on LinkedIn. But what I'm actually going to do is go, this is a campaign that I'm running. The Flyer campaign is a great example. And here is the linear journey that that customer is going on and what I expect to happen. And then you just, you know, you just notate that. You don't need to be all encompassing and thinking to yourself, well, I've been trading for so long. How am I going to get all of that data into one place? It it can sound very overwhelming. Yeah. Um, It doesn't have to be. Because if but you, you can start with just that one campaign. I like that. It doesn't have to be everybody you've ever had contact with in every way that you've ever contacted yeah. them and what's been the result and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. I think that's, that's where the overwhelm probably comes from. With, with small implementations and big implementations, the success rate is directly related to the simplicity. Keep it simple. Right? So start simple and keep it simple. The more complexity you put into things, the harder it gets. So if you start with a single customer journey, mm. don't... St- don't think of every deviation a customer could potentially make and, and start building your system around it. You look at the customer journey you designed, that's your desired path of, of, of the customer you want them to take. Now, they're independent people. They don't listen to you because they're customers, right? So they will take different paths. And then it comes down to, okay, how flexibly can you deal with that? But don't try to plan for every exception yeah, uh, that's that a- may occur. Because you'll never get a system that does everything, but you will pay a big bill for it. (laughs) (laughs) Even if it's your time. Look, that's a great way to wrap up this particular segment. We're going to come back on Triple H 100.1 FM and talk a little bit more about app implementation and some of the mistakes that Matt in his expertise has seen big and small businesses make. You're listening to Triple H 100.1 FM. We will be back after this. Let's talk a little bit more about what we were talking about before the break, which is apps. Apps, apps, apps. They're... um, they can be everyone's worst nightmare, I think you would agree, Matt, if they're not implemented. It does everything, but you will pay a big bill for it. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it's your time. Look, that's a great way to wrap up this particular segment. We're going to come back on Triple H 100.1 FM and talk a little bit more about app implementation and some of the mistakes that Matt in his expertise has seen big and small businesses make. You're listening to Triple H 100.1 FM. We will be back after this. Let's talk a little bit more about what we were talking about before the break, which is apps. Apps, apps, apps. They're, um, they can be everyone's worst nightmare, I think you would agree, Matt, if they're not implemented properly or they're not integrated properly. And I think one of the mistakes as well as not imagining what problem you're trying to solve with apps, which is what we were talking about before the break, is not really recognising the other software or aspects of your business that you really need to feed in. So we touched on before anything that is client facing or or where you have a relationship with your client or even a a touch point with your client really should feed into a CRM, for example. But one of the failures is uh, perhaps not implementing with that that accounting package. Why should uh, any piece of software really be at least thought of when when you're thinking about your accounting system? Well, think about it this way. Um, The apps is your, your, your operating system of your business. That's what makes your business tick. Right, you're bringing the expertise. You're bringing your 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 know-how, your ability to deliver a, a product or a service to a customer. But the apps is actually that's where the, the your business it makes your business tick. It's kind of like it's the like cog a, wheels. It's like yeah. the cog wheels, the central nervous system that mm. tells your arm to move when your brain thinks it. Mm. Um, so it doesn't really help if all those apps 
don't talk together because it's like your left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing That's quite literally point. yeah um so and if you really think about it how many apps do businesses use and if you think like oh i only have an accounting package well, you don't you don't you because don't. you got an email yep right and you have your productivity suite. You sometimes you write a document. Maybe mm-hmm. people write, do spreadsheets. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot more apps than you think uh, in your business. Um, there's also your website. Yeah, a lot of business have websites. There's still a few, very few that don't, mm-hmm. but a lot of business have websites. Your social media advertising. You do your social media advertising, some of us, and maybe you do your flyers, but it... But that central nervous system is not just software, is it? Because you mentioned before that those flyers have to form a part in our gardener's journey of of his his, uh, CRM as well. Apps is nothing but an accelerator of moving data from one point to the other. If you distribute uh, flyers, you still move data from one point to the other. You move a flyer with your content, your information, into a mailbox. You Mm. just don't use an app for it. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, but apps is nothing but an accelerator for it. So if your process of moving data from one end to the other in itself is flawed, you only run into trouble a lot faster when you use apps for it. The other thing is if you have a, um, you, know, you talked about Sydney traffic today, there is no congestion, but if you have an eight lane motorway coming into a- Sorry, f- where is an eight lane motorway in uh, Sydney? Well, <laughs> There are, there are thinking a few. back to Europe now. <laughs> there are a few, but you have an eight-lane motorway coming into a very small regional road without any um, um, uh, alternatives. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a, a, a backup of cars. The same is with data. If you have an app and another app, now the scale of data between apps is not the problem, but it's between the apps. It's like, how do I get that data from here to there? If you need to do that manually or for an export via Excel and then you know, import it somewhere else. That's just adding more work. Yes. And the more data you have, the more bottlenecks you build into your process. And the challenge with the bottleneck is your customer always notices because you're not coming back the date that you promised to come back with something. Mm. You're not returning that call on time because you're, you're just too overloaded and busy. And that's when the apps actually don't accelerate your business. They hold you back. So in your opinion, because obviously you've got quite an interesting background when it comes to software and implementation, you used to work at Microsoft, for example, um, as as part of your small business journey. But what what is the brain? Because we're talking about apps being the central nervous system and helping moving data from one point of of your business body to the other. What do you think, in your opinion, is the most central part of of those apps? What's the most important app? If every business should have an app, which is it? put you on the spot there didn't I yeah <laughs> Let, let's let's go back to the brain what's the brain the brain of the business is you the entrepreneur we don't have a brain because we're too busy doing a hundred things and well, we, we forget still, things and the brain can do a lot of things right? mm. it's an extremely powerful processing unit mm-hmm. uh, nothing else that we have created is, is even remotely close to the brain so if we make the analogy of the brain in the business that's the entrepreneur and when the business grows that's the business plan the strategy you know this is why we exist this is what we're going to do um the apps are a replacement of the the paper forms that we used to have to communicate with each other um so what is the most essential app that you need well what is delivering immediately so much data and so much complexity that you actually can't deal with it yourself everybody thinks oh that's my accounting package because everything ends up in your accounting package and that's correct Everything ends up in your accounting package. Um, it's like um, uh, from a data flow, the accounting package is the Rome. Uh, all roads lead to Rome. Yeah. Right. But that's true if you're not in Rome. So your accountant says, oh, you need an accounting package. And here it is. But your accountant looks at that accounting package as an endpoint 
but for him is or her is the starting point. Whereas in your business, all the data flow before that needs to be captured and integrated into the accounting package. So you don't want to have your weekends as an entrepreneur because you're busy. Mm. You're very busy. And then in the weekends, you got your shoebox with receipts, you got your shoebox with your invoices, and now that needs to go into the accounting package. The integration between that, the whole flow, that's where the application goes in. Um, so it's not about what is the most essential application. You, know, you got to have an accounting package. You don't want to go to jail. You don't want to be behind with your tax. Um, but you also need to talk around your customers. How do you deal with your customers? How important is that interaction to you? Um, what is essential is that you think up front is what journey do I want my customers to have? Is that a personalized journey? Is that a mass journey that I am low touch? I really don't want to spend too much time on customers because it's a high volume business. And then design your app strategy around it. And yes, there are a couple of applications you will need. And there are a couple of applications that you may need. So for instance, we talked around social media marketing. Um, there, Mail MailChimp could be an example uh, For instance, of that. MailChimp for mm. your email campaigns. Uh, the marketing apps, actually grew the fastest from everything, right? So there were, it went from about a thousand four years ago, now there's almost 4,000 marketing apps. But that's the same <laughs> for everything to do with marketing, I find. Spend too much time on customers because it's a high volume business, and then design your app strategy around it. And yes, there are a couple of applications you will need, and there are a couple of applications that you may need. So for instance, we talked around social media marketing, um, there, Mail, MailChimp could be an example uh, For instance, of that. MailChimp for mm. your email campaigns. Uh, the marketing apps actually grew the fastest from everything, right? So there were, it went from about a thousand four years ago. Now there's almost 4,000 marketing apps. But that's the same <laughs> for everything to do with marketing. I find yeah. that they sort of grow on trees when it comes to, you know, networking meetings and educational things. There seems to be everybody knows the best thing and the it's, most important thing when it comes to marketing. It's very fashionable to be yes, in the marketing apps. And social marketing, it's time to start now getting a little bit out of fashion. Don't follow the trends. Just look at what is the journey you want to give your customers. I think another thing that people make a big mistake on is they're trying to find a one-stop shop for an app, whereas that may work for certain industries because they've been around for so long and they've been in that digital space for so long that they can... Uh, their professional associations and all the people who've been working on them have come up with the perfect package. I still don't think that's the case, actually, because they still will have add-ons. But what we're trying to say here is I think everybody needs to grab a bit of paper. <laughs> here we are talking about software. But I want you to grab a piece of paper and I want you to write down, like we were saying at the beginning, every piece of software that you use at the moment in your business, including the paper, and think about the way that all of those interact. And then on another piece of paper, actually write your ideal customer journey and then see where does where's that app sit on the journey. If we're doing a timeline, I'm trying to keep it quite practical here, as you can hear, but if we're doing a, tr a timeline of, of someone's, from the moment you meet them all the way through to the moment that you continue business with them, where does that app sit? When do, when do you use that app in that journey? Yeah. And, and, and it's very important to look at uh, where that app sits, but also how does it communicate with the next app on that roadmap, That's on that right. journey. Yeah. So take, for instance, example, you mentioned MailChimp. MailChimp is a very widely used and a very good email marketing campaign program. Mm -hmm. um, now, I send you an e you're on my list, uh, Alexi, I send you an email, you unsubscribe. Mm -hmm. So MailChimp then knows, oh, don't send Alexi an email, she doesn't want to receive it. But now I'm refreshing from my CRM, my mailing list, and Alexi Boyd is there. 
how does MailChimp know not to send you that email? Because I'm just doing a refresh with another 10,000 new customers and you just happen to be an existing customer in that list. So you get my emails again. Mm. Alexi has a very poor experience with me because didn't I just unsubscribe three months ago? Why am I getting that email again? So the it's not just does the mail program do a very good job in sending emails. Yes, we expect them to do that. We expect them to send the email. You can see the open rate, the click rate, the bounce rate, all those things that those email mail campaigns do. But you also expect that that data that you provide as my customer, saying, hey, I don't really want to receive your emails, that that is respected into the other systems as well. So you really don't get the emails because sending you an email again when you unsubscribe mm. is not making you buy something from me. And that's where it, it makes sort of you annoyed. Sits, it sits in it sits in the journey and, and the customer experience Correct. as well. Correct. It's not something and this is another mistake that everyone makes. I think that we think of them as, as band-aids. So I've got a problem where I have fifteen bits of paper as my to do list. I need to um, come up with a, a solution that is digital that I can create lists on. Pocket list is a great example and I can do various you know, aspects of my life all in one place. That's great, but um, how does that fit in with the next program or that program or, you know, Correct. It, everything, Correct. everything is a band-aid to fix a particular problem, but nobody's thinking of the ecosystem or the nervous system that we Correct. use as an example. And, and in the large organisations, uh, they've actually found a solution to that problem. It's called an enterprise resource planning software. That sounds very complicated. Uh, uh, well, it is very complicated. <laughs> That's the thing. It's, it's like a big giant machine with many buttons and levers and knobs and dials. And everything you set up in one end of the system will have a flow through in the other end. They tend to cost millions and millions of dollars to implement in large but organizations. But they fail. They always fail, and this is where we come back to keep it simple. Yes. Right? The more complexity you add is the more reasons you introduce that things can fail. And so if you do less, there's less that can fail. So you need to do the absolute minimum complexity that you can get away with. And Einstein said it very, very eloquently, is keep things as simple as possible, but not simpler. Oh, that's good. Right? So now, then, uh, a few years ago, all the apps came by that did all the point solutions, like MailChimp is a point solution for email. A CRM is a point solution for your customer relationship data. Mm -hmm. An accounting solution is a point solution for accounting. Mm -hmm. But they don't have the overall view. And I think right now we're actually at the cusp of the next wave, mm. which is applications that are designed to work together, but can also work independently. And that's where you actually start building your flow. It's almost like Lego. Now, we're not quite there yet. There are very few vendors out there that offer something like this. Mm. Um, and it's like, hey, I use email campaigns, but not social campaigns. So you don't implement that part, but you use email campaigns. You have your CRM. And because you use those two systems, they work together. It's um, it's that journey, isn't it? It's not only your customer's journey, but now we need to think of the future and how we're going to be implementing things as well. You do need to look at, um, you know, obviously, when you're you know, a tradesperson, you need to be aware of what's going on in your industry. That's right. Yes. Right? What's going to happen? What is my competitor doing? What's the new equipment coming in the market? Yeah. Um, 
you're not necessarily want to spend a lot of time figuring out what's going to happen in the apps industry. How important is artificial intelligence going to be for my business? You don't want to think about it. That's when you want to actually talk to and uh, talk to. to. And that's what I was going to say. And that's where professional associations are so important because they should and would have someone who is has a finger on the pulse with what the latest technology is that can help your business in your industry specifically to help make life a little bit easier. So if you are a member, and I would say 80% of our listeners probably are members of professional associations, ask them, what do you recommend to solve this problem? Because we all commonly in this industry have this issue. Mm -hmm. So what do you recommend? And if you don't recommend something, go and figure it out. Yeah, And, and be careful with how to frame the question, because if I ask you how to solve a particular niche problem, you mm. get a niche answer. So for instance, how do I send an email campaign? Oh, use this application, for instance, MailChimp. But if I change the question, how do I send an email campaign where I can see in my customer mm. relationship management software who opened the email, how many times they visit my website, um, and, and I can also have a single point for the unsubscribes. And this is just one example. That actually gives you a whole different set of answers. So don't try to just uh, put the band-aids but really look at, okay, what do I want to achieve with my business and make that customer journey um, the whole question. Not just, okay, now I'm in the customer journey, I need to get a lead, how am I going to do that? Okay, next question. Because that doesn't answer how it actually... Children's photos and does God knows what with them. Not that I'm not a member, I'm still a member, <laughs> still happy to have an account. Is Should we have the same level of trepidation but understand the usefulness of apps? How do you find the, the balance in that, apart from reading the terms and conditions with the fine-tooth comb? Well, read the terms and conditions with the... Uh, read the terms and conditions with the fine-tooth comb. What are we looking for? What um, are we looking for? Are we looking for... Um, are we looking for... Which part? Because they're like 16 pages each, so where mm. do we... Well, it, it's... Especially with free, you have to be careful, but also some paid apps. Uh, it's like, okay, what is the rights I'm signing over? Right. Which section is that going to be in privacy? Um, they can put it anywhere. Security? There Excellent. There is no <laughs> rules that says you have to put it in here. They just have to put it somewhere. And these texts are written in such a way to encourage you not to read it. Yes, exactly. Right? You have to be very aware of that. Right. There, there is nothing wrong with using free software. Mm -hmm. You just need to be aware. And also you need to be aware if you got an agreement with your customer which to deal with proprietary information with mm. you know, trade secrets. An NDA, um, for example. Uh, you have an, a non-disclosure agreement and you mm. put it on a platform where you actually give away the rights to that because you use that software. Mm -hmm. You're in breach uh, with your client. So those are the things you need to be careful with. The other thing is we look at price before we look at features. Um, price is important. Right. Every salesman tries to steer the conversation away to value. Mm -hmm. uh, value is important, but value is a lot harder to reach when the initial purchase price is very high. Mm -hmm. And that's no salesman will tell you that, but that's just the way it is. Return on investment is easier to achieve when you have a low investment. Um, so look at what do I need to achieve? Does it achieve it now? What am I going to achieve in the future? So for instance, if you go for an accounting package that says, hey, for this monthly fee, which is low, you can make you know, all your booking and all the stuff and it's well, what is the limitation well limitation you can have five invoices per month yes exactly and some people will say like okay that's enough because there's high value and high margin and other people go like five invoices well if i do five invoices per week i may be closing up shop mm -hmm. right or five invoices per day so what is then the next step well that's then double so you need to look at not only like okay does it help me now now i'm starting 
It's how well will it go through when I actually grow my business, maybe add some people. If you travel a lot for your business, um, how do you manage your expenses? Mm, exactly. Do you put them in a shoebox and give them to your accountant? No, nobody should be doing that. Nobody should be doing <laughs> it because in the end, your accountant is then doing what you should be doing. Yes. Which is putting them into a system. Now, you spend a lot of time on the road and, and talking to customers and doing work and making sure you get the business. You don't want to spend a lot of time doing accounting. So do you have an app that you can take a photograph of those receipts? Yes. Okay, let's say you have that. Where does it end up? How does that link into your accounting package? Because mm -hmm. if you then again send a file to your account, like here's the receipts with the photographs, all you've done is made a digital shoebox. Yes. But it didn't go anywhere where it needs to be. So you need to think about that journey of what it is that you're trying to achieve with that package, for example. You need to think about the journey you want to achieve with the package. Don't go overboard and buy the most expensive one there is, because even from a CRM system that only does CRM, some of them will cost you way in excess of $100 per month per user. Mm. You should not be paying that. No. As a small business, you should not be paying that. That doesn't mean that the applications you buy for less price are going to have less features. You'd be surprised. Because companies that make the software, either they're very big organization, you pay for all the quality assurance and all the middle line managers and the marketing departments, or you pay for a smaller company that actually has less of that staff and you don't have to pay for that. So you look at what do I need to achieve in my business? What is my roadmap? How does it fit together? What are the connection points and how does it support my connection points? Mm -hmm. um, for instance, if you have a CRM system, uh, you can go with one and it does all the bells and whistles, but there's no way to integrate the data or worse, there's no way to get your data out. Yeah, right? and you can't so, even extract it at the end so of it. So you build all your customer data. It's not the application that's the asset, it's the data that's in it and flows to all the other systems. Hmm. So if you got an, an, a very valuable customer relationship management system because of your data and there's no way to get it out, you're kind of stuck. I want to mention as well the importance of factoring in your time because one of the mistakes that people might make is they might um, not even find something that's recommended by a similar uh, expert as themselves, like in somebody who's in their, in their industry. They might just stumble on an ad for an app that says it's going to solve this, this and this problem and then dive down into the rabbit hole two days disappear, you feel as though you spent so much time invested into integrating and putting this thing, getting this up and running that you're like, well, now I'm not going to waste all that time. I'm actually going to use it now. But it wasn't what you needed in the first place. Mm -hmm. So it's almost you need to dial it back and, and do your research at the beginning. Speak to like-minded businesses. What do they use? What do they suggest works for them? And then ask them, they, they, what's the problem it's solving, but how does it then integrate into the customer journey as well? Because you have to think of it at the end point before you dive down into the rabbit hole. Well, exactly. I have a, a customer that asked me like, hey, Matt, can you do me uh, for me an implementation of a CRM system? I go, okay. You know, hey, never say no to if someone offers you work, but what do you want to achieve? And yeah. we started talking around the whole customer journey. I said, well, listen, actually, you don't really need just a CRM system. What you want to achieve was a whole lead from social campaign, and they're a software manufacturer, um, social campaign, email campaigns, all the way through then the, the actual deal management, complex sales. And I said, but you have a very strong dependency on your project delivery. Yes. Because your customers don't start paying for the software until you've actually 
brought it online. Oh, right. So the whole project delivery was not integrated. So that, and, and you let your customer do a lot of the tasks, which are dependencies on you actually bringing it online, commissioning that system. Which how means it takes it? how long for them to get paid. Correct. And right. how long the customer has time to value. Because yes. the more time they spend implementing it, even though they don't pay your invoice, they still take people out of the business. Yeah. And, and trying to do that. So if you can shorten that time and make it more effective. So we, we added in a project management, enterprise project management tool. I said, and how do you do your support? I said, oh, we got three people on the phone. Okay, do you build a knowledge base? No, the three people know everything. Okay, <laughs> let's say you become <laughs> more <That's> successful yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you hire another few, right? Yep. And, and, and you add more and more well, and more One of those it. people leave. Or, well, heaven forbid, Yeah. right? And how do you then take a record of it and see what the trends are in the support request and how does it change your software. Now, this was a software implement. actually going to use it now, but it wasn't what you needed in the first place. Mm-hmm. So it's almost you need to dial it back and, and do your research at the beginning. Speak to like-minded businesses. What do they use? What do they suggest works for them? And then ask them, they, they, what's the problem it's solving, but how does it then integrate into the customer journey as well? Because you have to think of it at the end point before you dive down into the rabbit hole. Well, exactly. I have a, a customer that asked me, like, hey, Matt, can you do me uh, for me an implementation of a CRM system? I go, okay. You know, hey, never say no to if someone offers you work, but what do you want to achieve? And yeah. we started talking around the whole customer journey. I said, well, listen, actually, you don't really need just a CRM system. What you want to achieve was a whole lead from social campaign, and they're a software manufacturer, um, social campaign, email campaigns, all the way through then the, the actual deal management, complex sales. And I said, but you have a very strong dependency on your project delivery. Yes. Because your customers don't start paying for the software until you've actually brought it online. Oh, right. So the whole project delivery was not integrated. So that, and, and you let your customer do a lot of the tasks, which are dependencies on you actually bringing it online, commissioning that system. Which how means it takes it? how long for them to get paid. Correct. And right. how long the customer has time to value. Because yes. the more time they spend implementing it, even though they don't pay your invoice, they still take people out of the business. Yeah. And, and trying to do that. So if you can shorten that time and make it more effective. So we, we added in a, a project management, enterprise project management tool. I said, and how do you do your support? I said, oh, we got three people on the phone. Okay, do you build a knowledge base? No, the three people know everything. Okay, <laughs> let's say you become <laughs> more <That's> successful <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and you hire another few, right? Yep. And, and, and you add more and more well, and One more of those people it. leave. Or, well, heaven forbid, Yeah. right? And how do you then take a record of it and see what the trends are in the support request and how does it change your software. Now, this was a software implementation company, so the, the, the customer journey was not just a CRM package. And whilst we're talking, they actually go like, okay, well, what else can it do? And I, I suggested them a bundle um, for very low price brand employee. They can actually have everything, which mm. includes every application. Mm. And then they say, oh, but maybe we can switch off that and switch off that and have that whole integrated experience. But the, the, the trick is not to do everything at once in this case. You do the journey first, you solve that journey. They didn't have anything there, so you're not replacing anything. And then you can look at, okay, that's running. What else can I add to it that actually flows logically in that data? And people forget how much email is actually essential for your communication with your client. And an email is unstructured data, right? It's just, I send you an email, you send me an email, and it's in our inboxes. 
That's not organizational data. It's not structured. And a CRM has the ability to, if it integrates with your email system, or better yet, you can actually email from your CRM, mm -hmm. your templates, mm -hmm. that becomes then structured data. That means that if I leave the organization, my colleague can actually access the whole uh, email trail that we've had regarding a particular issue on all those things. And, and, and on that note, it's, it's like you're also using the knowledge base that your staff have and get them to help build up what the journey is, what the emails look like, what the conversations and the scripting is. They have an immense amount of knowledge within exactly. your business exactly. and you can almost use the CRM to help them write the process for their journey, to the, the, their, their, their customer. Yeah, the biggest mistake that, that entrepreneurs and small business owners make is that, well, I know what I'm doing, so I just do it. And then they're stuck with scaling because when they hire someone else, that's when you have to invest all that time training that person, but you hire someone else because you're so busy. So and and what you, don't you have time for is exactly that training. The training. And you forget that there will be a dip in productivity when you are training someone. Absolutely. Mm. So if you, even if you work by yourself, it really pays itself back when you actually build that knowledge base along the way. Because when you hire someone, at least you got a starting point. Yes, exactly. Exactly. You yeah. will have a dip, but that's okay. You never hire people when you're not busy. So what does the future look like? Do you see in, envisage more of these one-stop shop fully integrated apps or do you think uh, with a complete package or do you see more interrelationship between those apps being more successful? Where do you think the industry is heading? Um, the biggest uh, change that there has been in the industry is the, the cloud first, mobile first. Mm. Uh, cloud first, actually, it's not about where the software is hosted. That's actually not important. What's important is that it becomes a utility. Um, when I plug in my appliance in the wall, I don't care right because i know it's going to be 220 and i know it's going to be 50 hertz and that's it whereas with software we're not quite there yet but it is going in that way because cloud becomes much more standardized and a standardized way of those applications talking together whereas us as a consumer of those applications small business and even large business don't have to worry about okay how many servers do i need how do they talk together and mm. all these things it becomes more of a utility mm. the second part of the revolution mobile first it's not about i need to do everything on a mobile phone Mobile first means I can work wherever I am on a device that's at that moment available to me and, and, and convenient. Mm. Sometimes it's a mobile phone, sometimes it's a tablet, sometimes it's your desktop computer. Mm. But work isn't no, a place you go to, it's something you do. And with the mobile first, it's something you can do irrespective of the location you're at. As long as you got some sort of device, some sort of a connection. And that's where the future is heading, obviously, making sure that everybody's interacting and things. Of course, we can't actually do that unless we have a decent internet. So, government, whenever you're ready to switch that on, that'd be great, because then we can start competing with the rest of the world, even Kazakhstan. I don't have high hopes. I just want to be able to compete with Kazakhstan. Anyway, no, that's a completely political issue. Uh, look, thank you very much for coming on the program today, Matt. It's been great having you. Um, lots to learn. We've talked about implementation. We've talked about interaction between the apps. We've talked about using it in small and large businesses, learning from the big guys. Tell us a little bit where we can find out more information about you if people want to engage with you as a consultant. Okay. Um, check us out at www.aurelian-group.com. Aurelian is A-U-R-E-L. I A N and dash group.com and otherwise uh, for entrepreneurs specifically unboxedbusiness.com Excellent. Well make sure you check out those websites and they'll of course be on our Facebook page and our uh, Small Biz Matters uh, blogs and podcasts which you can 
listen to at any point in time. There's over 120 podcasts to listen to, so make sure you check those out as well. Hopefully they'll soon be coming to a, a podcast app near you, which is another part of integration that I need to do for the show. It's a never-ending story. Thank you once again for coming on the program, Matt. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to Triple H 100.1 FM. We'll see you again next week on Small Biz Matters, the half-hour program where you work on your business rather than in it.